Good morning for the Met Radio Morning Mixtape. I am Donovan LaCroxy, and debuting on the show, I've got Chef Devin Rajkumar. How you doing? I'm so happy to be here. I know. You're a friend of mine already, I feel. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) So you're a chef, eh? I'm a cook. I say a chef. I appreciate that. I mean, I've done a lot of stuff that uh, that, uh, would dictate me being a chef, but at the end of the day, I want to remain as humble as possible, you know, even though I'm traveling all over the world cooking and and, uh, you know, all over television and just tons of videos and tons of pop-ups in different parts of the world. I always like to call myself a cook because I'm constantly learning. And man, you can cook. I mean, I haven't <laughs> tasted your food, but I just look all over you and just see you can cook. <laughs> so why don't you let new listeners or anyone listening for the first time know how did you decide to get into cooking? Well, yeah, because, uh, you know, right where we're shooting this right now or recording, I went to school here back in the early 2000s. Um, I did three or four years of continuing education. I came from Wilfrid Laurier. Um, after one year of Wilfrid Laurier, they kindly asked me not to return. This was, uh, I think, in 2000 or 2001. Um, so I was about 19 at that time. My dad was a very successful businessman, very, very wildly successful senior VP for a major bank. And... Um, Because medicine, law, and engineering, everything that my parents wanted me to do didn't grab me, I just thought I would follow in my dad's footsteps and and go into business. And, uh, you know, I bummed around different jobs for a while in my early 20s. I'm 39 now, for anybody listening, wanting to do some quick math. But, uh, yeah, I bummed around uh, doing some different kinds of jobs. Je parle français, so I was doing uh, bilingual jobs, bilingual sales. And then at 23, 24 years old, I finally summed up the courage to enroll into George Brown for culinary management. That was about 15 years ago now, and everything has changed ever since I made that decision. And I um, I went to George Brown. How come I didn't meet you there? By Manano? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I was there. I did a 16-month. I did four four-month semesters. I was in and out. Uh, I was definitely hanging around on campus a lot. Okay, and, well, uh, I didn't see you. 2009, you know, 2009. You should have seen this skinny brown kid <laughs> through the window because you know you could see they're cooking on the road. Uh, George Brown has the glass. <laughs> on Adelaide, George Brown has the windows. Yeah. You should have seen me there with my little chef hat. Okay, but back then they didn't have the, you know, the campus for the chefs back then in 2008, nine because I went to George Brown 2007, eight, 2008, and nine. Right. But you know what? We met at the right time, right? Grateful. Okay, okay. So now listeners want to know, what kind of food are we making? I cook everything. Um, I trained with the food dudes while I was in culinary school, and uh, I'm sure some listeners will know who the food dudes are, but they are a major, major empire of food. Um multiple multiple restaurants including Sunny's Chinese you know big big Sarah Rasa big big restaurants pantry chop hop uh, they, they 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 run a lot of stuff in the city they're also catering over a thousand events a year to this day so um, I trained with them and uh, I got a lot of world world experience okay so we weren't just doing one style of food we were doing Mexican sushi you know we were doing classic French we were doing everything you name it we were doing it Indian food guy West Indian food traditional food all kinds of stuff uh, Jewish food you know the owner's Jewish so we were doing a lot of kosher stuff. So I learned many different styles of cooking, which worked well for me because I'm very much a world-inspired kid. Uh, I've traveled so much and I've grown up in Toronto, which is a melting pot. I can go for Ethiopian food right now. I can go for pho. I can go for chili chicken. You know, I can go for regional Italian food. I can I can go for, eat whatever I want right now. And that's what the beauty of Toronto is, is. It's just a big melting pot. It's so diverse, such a wide range. So um, when I'm cooking, I take inspiration from my childhood, my grandmother, my mother, and I take a lot of inspiration from Toronto and all my travels. So, you know, it's it, it could be anything. 
Okay. And listeners want to know, you take inspiration from your childhood. And what was the background there? <laughs> Guyanese. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Guyanese. <laughs> Guyanese to the bone. Okay. All right. Yeah. So can you make a Guyanese chow mein for us in case listeners ask? Absolutely. Guyanese chicken chow mein is in my cookbook that's coming out next May. Yeah. Um, one thing that I've really popularized is pepper pot. That's Guyana's national dish. And it's a meat-based stew that incorporates a lot of festive spices like cinnamon and orange peel, wiri-wiri pepper, um, star anise. There's a lot of clove. There's a lot of beautiful, earthy, hearty, floral flavors coming out of it. It's a very dark stew because of an ingredient that goes into it called kasarip, or the Guyanese will say kasarip. 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 And the the Amerindians in Guyana, the natives, they discovered by grating bitter cassava and squeezing out the pulp, you get a very milky liquid. If you ingest that liquid, it combines with some elements in your stomach to create cyanide, so it's fatal. So what the Amerindians do is they boil it for a long period of time and they add some different spices and stuff to it. And it comes from this milky liquid down to this very thick, viscous, burnt caramel, molasses-like syrup which gives pepper pot its distinct flavor and also its uh, distinct color. So pepper pot, I take that, I put it on burgers, I do pop-ups with it. I've done pepper pot ramen with the ramen guy. That's Guyana's national dish, and I'm pushing it as hard as I can to bring more awareness to our beautiful culture and our food. And of course, you have some people online who are not happy about it, but uh, I just kill them with kindness, red hearts. All right. Now the pepper pot burger, right? Now you might have some Guyanese listeners listening say, what? You can do a, a pepper pot burger? How soft? That's a, that's a great question. That's a great accent, too. What I do is I build out a pepper pot sauce. I use onions, ginger, and garlic, and then I add wary-wary pepper, sugar. I add the clove, the cinnamon, the star anise, and I also add the casserip, which we need. I build out a sauce. And you got to think about if you're making a burger and you're putting ketchup on it or you're putting barbecue sauce or you're putting mayo, you are putting a condiment on it. Caramelized onions, for example. This is now a pepper pot gravy, a pepper pot sauce that I've built out. So we make our regular smash burger. Weary weary peppers come from Guyana. That's the native pepper to Guyana. It's a small cherry-like looking pepper. It's in a lot of my videos. We even do the weary weary pepper challenge where we eat it raw. It's about 100,000 Scoville units. So for anybody listening, a jalapeno is two to 8,000 Scovilles. And a Scoville is the, the unit of measure for heat. It measures the capsaicin in hot peppers. So if a jalapeno goes up to 8,000 and a scotch bonnet goes up to 250 or 300,000 like a habanero, a uh, Weary Weary Pepper is about 100. It's such a beautiful flavor. And I make a Weary Weary Mayonnaise. And then we do our lettuce, tomato. We put our smash burger with cheese. And I nappe or glaze it or ladle over the top my pepper pot sauce. And uh, it is mind-blowing. At Burgers and Fries Forever in Toronto, we ran a very successful pop-up where each order we would donate to um, a charity that was providing bedding kits to homeless kids around the world. So wow. we were able to raise 30 bedding kits in the week that we ran the special. Wow. Okay. So they can do a pepper pot burger. Man, anything's possible. It's 2023. There's no rules. Be creative. Pay homage to the to the traditions. You know, um, don't be an asshole. You know, be humble, pay things forward. That's what I'm at. For for every what on that pepper pot burger, if you go on my Instagram and, and and you take a look at it, I mean, for every negative comment, there's like maybe like three or four negative comments. For every negative comment, there's three hundred positive ones. But there's always some keyboard trolls, especially those old Guyanese folks. They don't want to see things like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They don't want to see the modernization. <laughs> yeah, that's why some of them listening right now say, me don't know anything about no pepper pot Bro, burger. West <laughs> Indian.
Trinidadians, <laughs> especially Trinidadians. Uh-huh. I'm going to call out Trinidad uh-huh. for a second here. Yes. Man, these people are rude, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, like uh-huh. I, when I'm making doubles or if, you know, whatever I'm doing, yeah. um, you know, they're they're not shy to, hey, that mm-hmm. doesn't go there. Hey, you hey. put too much of this. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you need this. So whatever it is, right? So, But I understand people are territorial. Yes. Uh, I think more of the younger generation is, is down with around. it. They're coming around. They're coming around. And bro, I'm known for this modernization and innovation and creativity. Like Chef Devin, the game, that's what I'm known for. It's what right. I've always done. I've right. always put spins and, and twists on classics to make it fresh and new and exciting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, some things, uh, like you don't have to change. I'll give you a great example. Sure. Like a carbonara. Mm-hmm. Carbonara, uh, for anybody listening, like that's black pepper, um, parmigiano or pecorino, and then we use guanciale. Or if you don't have guanciale, you could use pancetta. A lot of people use bacon these days. You use what you have at home. But I have a desi version in my cookbook because uh, although I'm Guyanese, I lean into my South Asian roots and I cook, uh, you know, I add different spices to it. I add green chilies to the mix. You know, I add chili powder. You know, there might be some garam masala in there. So I'm always having fun with things and, uh, and kind of making it my own. And what's the name of the cookbook going to be called? in May of 2024 when it's going to be released? So my saying is mad love. I'm actually wearing mad love merch right now. I sign off a lot of my videos online with mad love. I feel like the world needs more love. And and this was organic. When I became very popular on social media during the pandemic for starting a series called Chef Dev at Home, my first video going up March 20th, 2020, when I, I would naturally sign off my videos with a peace sign in mad love. And then people call, started calling me Mr. Mad Love. And they started saying mad love back to me. So organically, this thing grew. It's not like I tried to build it, you know. And uh, over the years, um, I, I created this merch line around it. Half of Toronto is running around saying mad love, which I'm so grateful for. And um, it's just another way to, you know, kill them with kindness. There's a lot of shit happening in the world right now, right? Yes. We need a lot more love going around. So lead with kindness, right? Kill them with kindness. That's what I say. And they need a lot of food, don't they? They need a lot of everything. Bro. Okay. So what do you say to people that are not of West Indian background? Let's say they tried, you know what? Maybe you can give tips. A nice, good Guyanese bakes. Oh, oh bake? Yes, bakes. There's actually ba- bake. Yes. Like, we wouldn't say bakes and saltfish. We would say bake and saltfish. <laughs> I uh, say bakes from Trinidad. That, 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 that's totally yes. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's like one bake, two bake, three bake. Yeah. Kind of like beer, mm-hmm. two beer, four beer. Mm-hmm. You don't say I'll have six beers. I hope, I hope no one's out there saying that. But um, but yeah, th- there is a bacon saltfish recipe in the cookbook. My mother is a massive, massive influence on my life. I would follow her around the kitchen as a kid. She was always cooking unique things that, you know, a Guyanese household necessarily wouldn't have, whether that's like melanzane alla parmigiana, whether that's eggplant parm, things like that. Like when she would go to family friends' houses and, and see things on TV, she'd come home and cook it. So we were exposed to things outside of the West Indian Caribbean food, the Guyanese food. So what I'm trying to get at is the bacon saltfish recipe in my cookbook is my mom's. Mm -hmm. My mom's dal, her lentil soup, if you want to call that. A recipe is in my cookbook. Her okra, okra, Mm -hmm. the Guyanese style, that's in my cookbook. Her chicken Mm -hmm. stew is in my cookbook. Um, So yeah, that that will be there. But if you don't eat West Indian or Indian food, East Indian food, there's still a lot of cool stuff in that book. There's a lot of fusion. Mm -hmm. Like I have lamb vindaloo meatballs. Vindaloo coming from uh, Portuguese influence coming from Goa in India. I played it like spaghetti and meatballs. Mm -hmm. For any of my uh, listeners out there who know what sag paneer or balak paneer is, it's greens like spinach and mustard green with the cheese, the paneer. And that's like a little stew that's very popular. I take that and I put it into a spanakopita, Mm -hmm. you know, the Greek filo pastry. Because that's spinach and feta. 
So in my head, it makes perfect sense. That's in the cookbook. You know, nice, beautiful photo there for you. And uh, I know we were talking before the show about a pantry essential section in my cookbook. It's got the ginger soy glaze and it's got a mayo section. It's got a hot pepper, a hot pepper sauce fermentation section in there as well. There's so many assets in this book to really allow the reader to step their game up and be inspired. And uh, the cookbook is called Mad Love, man, because Mm -hmm. every recipe is made with mad love. And I want people to make this and feel good about themselves. And I want them to make it and uh, take care of those around them. Okay. So if I can't make any West Indian food, where should I start? Let's say my name is Bob and I'm a white guy. Talk race for a minute. And I want to experience some of this good, fine Guyanese cooking or East Indian cooking, where should I start? In the cookbook? Yes. That's a great question. And I love that you're asking these questions. There are some fundamental recipes in my cookbook. For example, one of them is called cook up rice. Now, this is essentially us getting our rice and our beans and our thyme and our and our weary pepper, or our scotch bonnet. All the ingredients go into the pot with our coconut milk, etc., etc. Oftentimes we put meat as well, but this is called cook up rice because it's all made in one pot and the rice absorbs it. Now, Trinidadians have palau. You know, cultures have kanji. Other cultures have fried rice. You know, there's rice dishes, risotto. There's rice dishes all over the world. Rice right? and peas, Jimmy. Rice and peas, <laughs> right? Exactly. So so essentially, cook-up rice is just like rice and peas, mm-hmm. but uh, sometimes it's made a lot more sticky and dense, whereas rice and peas can be a little bit looser, yep. but still made with coconut milk and, and, and peas and thyme and garlic and, and ginger and onion and a lot of the same stuff that goes into ours. Very similar styles of cooking there. Um, but I have a fried plantain recipe. If you've never had fried yellow ripe plantain, it caramelizes in its own sugar. That's in the cookbook as well. Uh, Guyana's national dish, pepper pot's in there. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that you can start with. The chicken chow mein's in there. Mom's chicken curry's in there. It goes on and on. My famous butter chicken recipe from the pandemic that went viral, that exact recipe's in the cookbook. Talk more about that because that Bob might love butter chicken and he says, you know what? I want to start today. What should I do? There's two schools of thought when I'm writing recipes and posting stuff online. One is to keep it as simple and accessible as possible. But the chef in me, the perfectionist and OCD character in me wants to make sure it has all the unique, important ingredients that it requires, you know. So with the cookbook, I had to kind of scale back on some things. But butter chicken is one of the recipes that I didn't scale back on. So for Bob, who's out there, Bob's going to have to take a photo of the of the cookbook or take it with him uh, to the grocery store to tell everybody about it and also take it to the spice aisle and bob's gonna have to pull that red chili powder the turmeric the garam masala the cinnamon uh the kasuri methi which is fenugreek leaves bob's gonna have to pull all that because i want him to have the most authentic experience possible um there's other recipes that are simple and not as as uh, as in depth but the butter chicken one is a little bit technical in terms of the amount of ingredients that it requires mm-hmm. now talk to maybe our young people that they're spoiled by their West Indian and their East Indian parents with their food, right? And let's say my name is Victor, and I'm going, well, you know what? <laughs> let's just say my name's Donovan, okay? Yeah, yeah. I changed my name. <laughs> and I'm going away to school, right? But I'm used to mom and dad's cooking. I don't know how to cook West Indian food apart from my mom and my dad. And same thing with I'm Victor again. And, I'm, you know, I'm used to my parents cooking East Indian food. I don't know how to cook that food when I'm off to college. What do you want to tell me? So in the cookbook, we have uh, a bunch of recipes. I'm assuming if you're used to mom's home or, or home cooking and you're going away to school, very few things will bring you as much comfort as a cup of dal. 
right? That's a yellow split pea, but you know, you can use any type of lentils. My mom's recipe is in that cookbook. There's a couple minor tweaks to it, but it's almost 100% hers. There's also a really cool section of the book where my mom came into the studio and we showed her roti recipe, mm-hmm. which I put online and it went viral as well. So mom's roti recipe, what's cool about it in the cookbook is there is a step-by-step photo of every single process required in the roti making procedure. So you can look at these photos step-by-step and say, okay, mix ingredients, knead, roll out, rest, cover with damp paper towel, roll out, cut here, layer here. Everything is laid out there in, in, in their own particular photos in the right order. So, I mean, you pick up this book, you're going to be armed with the tools necessary to approach cooking this style of food. And there's very simple recipes and there's harder recipes. An example of probably the hardest recipe in the book is a smoked goat biryani. Ooh. We were talking about rice dishes yes. before. Biryani is another major one, right? Um, I wouldn't say it's super hard. Like once you wrap your head around the procedure of it and wrap your head around how it comes together, it's actually not very difficult. But there's a lot of steps to it. And there's a lot of things like we have our curry mixture to marinate. We have to cook that out. We have to build out the gravy. We have to caramelize the the onions. We have to make our saffron milk. We have to pick all our herbs and uh, we have to par cook our rice. And then we layer that all together, put it on the stove and then bake it. Okay. So there's a lot of steps to it. A lot Mm -hmm. of different uh, compartmentalized uh, steps in it, like with all the different mise en place, with all the different things that we need prepped out. So, um, but then again, like it's written in a way that I want everybody to be able to achieve it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't eat goat, then you don't have to put any meat in it whatsoever, right? You can do a vegetable stew. You can do carrots. You can do portobello mushrooms. You can do whatever, tofu. You can do chickpeas, soybean. You can do whatever you want. So if I'm a vegan, if I'm Victor Donovan, can this book help me too if I'm vegan? 100%. 100%. Anytime you see butter or ghee, you can simply use vegan butter or you can use an oil of your choice. Uh, If you see a meat in there, like for example, I have my Bombay tomato chicken parmesan. So that is, chicken parmesan is one of my favorite things in the world. But what I do differently is I add a lot of desi, a lot of Indian spices into that tomato sauce. Things like Kashmiri red chili powder and turmeric and cumin, coriander, etc. Ginger, garlic, green chili, etc., etc. But for example, if you're vegetarian, you're simply following the same process that you would with the chicken, but you'll use a nice piece of eggplant for Ooh. it, or a portobello mushroom, or you can use a parsnip. There's different types of vegetables that you can use. You can use a slab of tofu. There's all kinds of things that you can use to sub. Ah, so there's no excuses, really, because the vegetarians and the vegans might say there's nothing for me, but you just explained it, right? We have vegan recipes in the book, and they're marked with a V in the title. Mm. So if it's under 30-minute recipe, if it's a dairy-free recipe, if it's a vegan recipe, it'll say so on the title of the recipe. And then at home, you can take everything in this book and you can uh, veganize it by simply swapping the meat out. Okay. All right. So the holidays are coming up. Let's say I have a family. <laughs> what should I cook over the holidays? Papa Pots. <laughs> Guyana's, Guyana's national dish that I was talking about before, it is typically only cooked at Christmas time. If you go to Sibyl's, which is famous in Little Guyana in New York, Little Richmond Hill, Queens, they'll have it year-round in a hot table. But to find pepper pot here in Toronto uh, every day is going to be very difficult, if not impossible. I believe that pepper pot should be enjoyed any day of the year, 365. And I remember when I was cooking it a few years ago uh, in the summer or in the spring or whatever, people are like, what are you doing? It's not Christmas. And I'm like, I want to eat it. Are you the pepper pot police? <laughs> right? So Christmas time. I didn't time, know though, that. Yeah, man. So in Guy- if you go to Guyana, we spent a lot of Christmases as a kid in Guyana because it's the best time to go. It's very festive and everyone's off, off school and work. 
and stuff like that. Um, and it's also very cold here. Right. Um, when you go to Guyana at Christmas time, bro, you walk down the streets in Georgetown, like you walk into uh, someone's place, you smell pepper pot in the air with fresh bread. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing, man. So I would recommend people uh, look <laughs> at the pepper pot. Um, I have a video online with Bombay Lemonade, a Guyanese comedian. Uh, I have a couple pepper pot videos online. And then there's a very detailed pepper pot recipe in my book. And there is a vegan pepper pot recipe where I use wow. jackfruit, baby corn, beautiful mushrooms, lots of onion. Uh, there's sweet potato in it as well. It is fire. Wow. So fire. you really have no excuse nah. not to cook or try this, right? Well, the, exactly. Guyana's national dish, I wanted it to be accessible to everybody, which is why I started making a vegan version of it. For example, my mom's vegetarian. She's been for many, 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 many years. Anytime I do my pop-ups or my private dinners or anytime I'm cooking something at home, I always take out before I add the meat or I always make sure mom has her food put aside for her. So mom was a big inspiration making that vegetarian or vegan pepper pot because what good is a national dish if it's not accessible to the whole nation? Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you said that to the whole nation, not just Guyanese, not just Trinidadian, Everybody. to the whole nation. Of course. Okay? of course. Now, what do you want to say all across the board, your message about the book, about you traveling and cooking for people at weddings, receptions? What's your message as a chef? I said a chef, but a cook. <laughs> um, I have some things that I would share, uh, and this is off the top of my head, so it's not like you you gave me any questions before, but I do have some some tips that I want to impart. Sure. Things that um, you know I've learned over my life. One thing, like, uh, so I'll phrase the question to myself almost is like, what would I tell my younger self, right? And the first thing that I would tell you is not to care so much what people think about you. A lot of my behavior and actions over the years, especially when I was younger into my teens, into early adulthood, I was trying to behave in a way that I thought people wanted to see me behave. And um, I wasn't doing things for myself. I was doing it for external validation and and for others. So be yourself. Um, Another thing I want to say is I find a lot of people, especially creating content these days, they're just too afraid of the rejection and the judgment and they have a lot of fear that they don't post at all or they don't take that leap to go find that job or they don't take that risk with the recipe or whatever it is that life faces us with the challenges, right? But I'm here to tell you, like, we only learn from these experiences. I take no L's. You asked me a long time ago, did I ever burn anything in the kitchen? Of course I burn stuff in the kitchen, man. I burn, I burn my hands, I burn steak, I burn all kinds of stuff. But no one's a perfect cook and no one's going to cook 100%. The more mistakes you make in the kitchen, the better a chef you're going to be. And that goes for a lot of things in life, not just the culinary or hospitality profession. The more mistakes you make, the better you are equipped to go forward to not make those mistakes again. And it's all experience. No one's never going to not make a mistake in life and not in the kitchen. So don't be afraid, man. Like we miss 100% of the shots we don't take. No risk, no reward. These are things that I'm always saying. That mad love saying that I'm I'm very well known for is something that comes from my heart. Um... I'm also 29. I'm coming up on 30 months continuous sobriety from drugs and alcohol. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much. And this whole mad love thing is like I'm finally in love with myself. Um, For a long time, uh, I I wasn't. I thought I was, but I wasn't really truly because I was always trying to find ways to get out of self and, you know, kind of alter my my state of consciousness with substance and stuff like that. So mad love is really, uh, it really embodies everything that I stand for today and everything that I believe in and everything that I want to represent. A lot of fun stuff coming up the cookbooks coming out i'm constantly posting online chef devin d-e-v-a-n 
almost like Devan. Mm-hmm. People come up to me in the street. They're like, hey, Chef Devon, <laughs> Chef Devon. Be- because a lot of people refer to me as Chef Dev. Mm-hmm. And it, my name is spelled D-E-V-A-N, but it's Devon. That's mm-hmm. how it's always been pronounced. Or Devon. Yeah. Indian or Donovan. Donovan. <laughs> you hear it all, right? I, be- I bet with your last name, you hear all kinds of shit. Yeah, of course. Even people don't even call me Donovan. D, Donovan, Don, yeah, Don, I get D Donnie. as well. I get, I get that as well. Uh, but yeah, I just want to push this mad love movement, man. Uh, there's a tons of stuff online at Chef Devin on TikTok, on Instagram, Chef Devin Official on YouTube. And uh, you're going to see tons of content from all around the world. And I'm living out my dream right now. I never thought I'd be traveling the world cooking. And uh, I'm in and out of town constantly. And I'm so grateful. And I'm paying it forward at every step. Mm-hmm. 10 years on City Line. Did you want to talk about that? Yeah. So Tracy Moore, my big sister, um, I started filming City Line uh, as, as a very innocent kid who kind of thought that they knew it all. Um, but yeah, March 2014. I say that, right? Because I also want to remember where I came from. Because today I feel like I know as little as I've ever known. Just because the more I travel, the more I realize I know nothing about anything. <laughs> I know some stuff, but compared to what's out there, like you're traveling through India, the cuisine changes every 100 kilometers, right? So I started filming City Line with Tracy Moore, Canada's longest daytime running show geared towards women. And uh, I started in March 2014. So yeah, this March will be 10 years. Um, I've judged on Food Network, on Firemasters. I've had Bill boards up just down the street from where we are before over the years. Um, I've done a lot of cool stuff, breakfast television uh, and, and just, yeah, just all kinds of stuff. Pop-ups in Pakistan, uh, London. I've cooked all through Turks and Caicos, uh, Scotland, Costa Rica. Um, uh, it goes on and on and on, man. I'm just so grateful for it. Mm-hmm. And what's your message to other international chefs who travel the world like you? What do you want to tell them where they're not really open-minded to traveling some places? And I've watched a few of your videos that, you know, people listen to, oh, don't travel here. Don't go here. Don't go there. <laughs> so just quickly context uh, on what D is saying over here. But I was in central Mexico. I was in I was in Mexico City. I was cooking for a wedding in San Miguel for 200 people. And I took that opportunity to spend a week traveling through Mexico. And I went to Mexico City for the first time. And the amount of people that told me not to go there was stifling. The amount of people that tell me not to go to Lahore, Pakistan or Guyana. It feels like anywhere that you go now, someone's like, hey, you shouldn't go there. I really think that a lot of the time these people have never even been there. And they're just paying attention to what uh, they're seeing on the news and what they're seeing, um, you know, or whatever they're hearing from other people. I really think that people should you know, hold their reservations to themselves. Because a lot of times, like, uh, what's a great example? I was talking to someone recently and they're like, I I was told not to go to Colombia. And uh, everyone told me you're going to get robbed, this and that. They ended up having the best trip of their lives. I find if you go out and you're looking for trouble, you may often find trouble. I don't have, like in in, in economically developing countries, I'm never wearing jewelry. I'm not even wearing jewelry right now, but I don't have fancy shoes on and stuff like that. I don't want no trouble. I have no ego to stroke or anything when I'm traveling abroad. But uh, I feel that people should reserve their judgment when they tell people not to travel places because most of the time they haven't been there and it's not fair to generalize the behavior of an entire nation based on the actions of a few mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's your message to international chefs right i mean i've never been asked what my message to international chefs is but like i don't know i'm just super grateful to be doing what i'm doing and for anybody that travels and cooks they know how challenging it is man with jet lag uh different ingredients uh brand new kitchens brand new spaces you've never stepped foot in like i showed up in mexico and i had to cook for 200 people and then i'm going to portugal again for the same family to cook for 300 people you know so i mean uh this is cooking in sometimes in the middle of nowhere and you don't have a lot of stuff that you need. It's just not comfortable. It's just not uh, what you're familiar with, right? Um, so anybody traveling abroad cooking, uh, I raise my hat to you. It's, it's you know, it's, it's tough. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you threw out your platforms, but throw them out again and throw out the book and upcoming events yeah. for the rest of the year. I have a pop-up coming up December 4th at Shadow Benny. Shadow Benny is culantro, not cilantro, but culantro. Very popular in West Indian cuisine, specifically Trinidadian. Shadow Benny, Queen and Shaw in Toronto, that pop-up's going to go on sale very soon. I'll be traveling December, January, February, March, April, April, and May. And um, at Chef Devin on Instagram and TikTok, that's at Chef D-E-V-A-N, Chef Devin Official uh, on YouTube. And the book is called Mad Love. It's dropping in May, pre-sale. Pre-sale starts in February 2024. And if you're listening to me now and you're like, hey, I want to find out more about this guy, info at chefdev.ca. Also, chefdev.ca. And uh, I hit up all DMs. So you reach out to me. You have any questions, anything about anything I said, or you want to know anything, hit me up. I'll hit you back. As long as it's positive listeners, not negative. <laughs> Get out of here. You can't cook. You know? None of that. We Positive energy only. Mad love to everyone. <laughs> all right. Any final things? you would love to tell Met Radio Toronto. I'm grateful to be here. I know you mentioned to me that you've been doing this for about six years. I don't know how you found me. You said a couple years ago, but I'm grateful that you did. I love what you do. And um, I feel that you're nourishing the community. And anytime you need me to come in here, I'm here. Oh, definitely. You're definitely going to come back. You can come back when you have the book, okay? And food. Okay. And food. <laughs> yeah, if you want to. I Listeners, I just was joking with him saying to bring me something. But next time he will bring me you. something. You know? He's the best cook. I will mm-hmm. say the best cook, okay? <laughs> Guyanese cook, okay? <laughs> All right. I thank you so much. I'm for Met Radio. I'm Donovan LaCroxy. I would love to thank Cook and Chef, I say. You can throw out your name again. Chef Dev. Thank you so much, and thank you to the listeners for listening to this episode.